Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. This morning, our passage we heard read comes at the end of two key events recounted by Luke in the narrative leading up to our reading. Next slide, please. Luke tells us at the start of our passage in verse 14 that Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee where Nazareth was located. Nazareth being Jesus' hometown, like Hoxton is for many here, and Galilee being the wider area it was part of. So for us, that's London. But if Jesus was having a homecoming, where had he been? Well, two Sundays ago, Graham preached on the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, And then Jesus spends 40 days in the Judean desert being tempted by the devil. Tradition places this temptation in the rocky mountain desert surrounding Jericho. Following the temptation of Jesus, both Matthew and Mark record that he made his way to Galilee and made Capernaum his base. Jesus, during this time, is recorded by both Matthew and Mark as calling people to repent for the kingdom of God had come near. Teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. His fame spreading throughout all Syria and people bringing to him all the sick those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them, and great crowds followed him. Mark recalls Jesus immediately before his return to his hometown as raising a little girl from the dead. Next slide, please. Luke mentions the spirit, unsurprisingly, at Jesus' baptism. But Luke, unlike Matthew and Mark, emphasizes that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when the spirit led him into the wilderness. Jesus would certainly need to have been full of the Holy Spirit to not succumb to the devil's temptations. He would have needed that divine strength provided by the Holy Spirit to sustain his humanity in his severely weakened physical state, his body starved of food and water for 40 days and nights. But we might want to ask, why would the Spirit send Jesus into the wilderness right at the start of his public ministry? He was off to a late start as it was, age 30. So surely it would have been more efficient for the Spirit to have sent Jesus out immediately to the towns and cities and form a team around him by calling his disciples and to get to work, telling people who he was and proving it with miracles. Why the wilderness? 
Jesus has just had this most incredible experience of the Spirit, which was witnessed by others, where the Spirit tangibly touches him in the form like a dove. He hears the Father's voice, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Slide four, please. And then, what a rough landing. 40 days of no food or drink, sleeping outside in a barren, lifeless wilderness with rocks for a mattress, vulnerable to the weather and wild animals, no company apart from the devil. And if tradition holds, Jesus was tempted in the hills above Jericho to have been able to see the civilization, the lush shady trees and water below in the oasis of Jericho must have made it that much harder. What on earth is the spirit up to? Slide five, please. I remember being warned prior to my baptism as an adult that I might have a really tough time before I was baptised, that I'd be under the devil's attack for making that public declaration in Jesus. I certainly do recall difficulties before my baptism, but I don't recall being warned about what to expect following my baptism. If the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, then we shouldn't be surprised if that's where sometimes the Spirit leads us. There might be times in our lives which physically resemble a wilderness, no signs of new life, a barrenness, loneliness, physical struggles and hardships. There may be times in our lives which emotionally, mentally, and or spiritually resemble a wilderness where we feel isolated, afraid, anxious, fatigued, worn down and worn out, where we feel small, alone, weakened, and vulnerable to temptation if only for a momentary relief to fill the void. Times in our life where God feels absent. Times perhaps where we feel like the water or the waiter described by Graham last Sunday, where we are desperate for the new wine of the spirit, not realizing that maybe we have been led out into the wilderness by the spirit. What on earth is the spirit up to? It used to make me feel deeply uncomfortable to think of the spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness, seemingly abandoned to the taunts of the evil one. Not a very affirming first interaction, to say the least, after Jesus' anointing as the Messiah at his baptism. If ever there was a time to call it quits, this was it. Quit before he's even begun. Jesus could have done just that. No one else was around. He could have thought, stuff this, I'm going for a burger. 
I'm not hanging around here, wasting away, dying of thirst, and wasting my time for 40 days. Or as the devil pointed out, he didn't even need to go to a fast food joint. He could have made his own gourmet food out of a stone. Jesus could have pandered to the devil just to get rid of him and said, oh, what the heck? I'm the king of the world, but just to get him off my back, I'll bow down. It's only a minor slip. No one else ever needs to know. Jesus could have given in to the devil's final demand after holding out and thought, why not? I could do a bit of skydiving. The angels won't mind. But he doesn't. We might look at Jesus' wilderness experience and say, yeah, but he was God. You know, of course he got through it. But me, I'm only human after all. But Jesus was fully human too. He got hungry. He got thirsty. He got tired. He got angry. He knows exactly what it feels like to be tempted and tested and pushed to your limits. Yes, but I know, I know. He dealt with it all without sinning. How? Yes, because he is also fully God. But he needed the Spirit's strength because God exists within relationship with himself, Father, Son, and Spirit. And it is this relationship the whole of humanity is invited to be part of. If Jesus needed to be full of the Spirit in his humanity, how much more do we need to be filled by the Spirit in order to sustain us through the dark days, long nights, and barren wildernesses in our lives? Places where the truth about our frailty as humans is exposed and we are forced to slow down and realize we can't control life by trying to push more or run faster or do more. Sometimes our greatest moments of intimacy with God can come in the wilderness if we let him in. Where we discover the Spirit's power when we realize we've run out of gas and come to the end of ourselves, our resources, and our strength. Slide five, please. What state did Jesus leave the wilderness in? Disheveled, exhausted, ready to give up? Luke records that Jesus was filled with the power of the Spirit. It sounds strange, or at least it does to me, that such a wilderness experience could actually fill Jesus with the power of the Spirit. It would be natural, I think, to expect the opposite. What's the Spirit up to? It was this power of the Spirit that enabled him to do the miracles Mark and Matthew describe before coming to his hometown, Nazareth, for a homecoming. Slide seven, please. Perhaps if Jesus had gone straight from his baptism 
where he was affirmed as the Messiah by the other two members of the Holy Trinity, straight into the roaring, heady heights of public fame resulting from his teachings and miracles, he wouldn't have been mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prepared in his humanity for the fickle reception he received back home and the subsequent relentless barbed comments, duplicity, and hatred from the religious leaders of the day that he experienced through his three years of ministry. Power comes in weakness. That's the topsy-turvy world of the kingdom of God, where the good news of God's kingdom isn't proclaimed to the haves first, it is proclaimed to the have-nots. As Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah, to send away in freedom those who have been broken in pieces. Jesus the Messiah has come to send away in freedom those who have been broken in pieces. How many of us can relate to that line of Jesus' manifesto, to send away in freedom those who have been broken in pieces? I know I can, particularly in these last couple of draining, long-haul years of this pandemic. If politics seems even more removed from truth and justice, and decisions are being made that seem to marginalize the captives and further oppress those who are already crushed. We need more than ever a savior who doesn't sidestep the wilderness, who doesn't say, no thanks, I'll take the shortcut, who chose to limit his infinite power by taking on human form and being born as one of us choosing to take on our brokenness so that we might be sent into the new kingdom, the new life of God's kingdom, pieced back together by the Spirit. Slide eight, please. Something I learned through one of my own wilderness experiences was that sometimes we need to be broken to be put back together in the right way. Sometimes we accumulate debris that mars and damages us, makes us misshapen. Sometimes we are wounded by others, sometimes by ourselves. Sin distorts the reality of who we are and what we were created for. The ancient Japanese art of kintsugi, sorry for my pronunciation, takes broken pottery and mends it with a beautiful gold, silver, or platinum uh, lacquer. Not masking, but rather illuminating those cracks. And I think so often we try to hide our vulnerabilities or brokenness. But this art points to something St. Paul said in his second letter to the Corinthian church. We have this treasure 
that's the treasure of God, of his spirit, in jars of clay, our bodies, fragile, vulnerable, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. As a follower of Jesus, we have that same power which alighted on Jesus at his baptism, led him into the wilderness, empowered him for his public ministry, and anointed him as the longed-for Jewish Messiah, the Son of God, the Saviour not only for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. We carry that same power within us. How mad is that? Because God chose to do life with us forever. He lives within us, within you, by his spirit. But this power isn't for us to use for our own ends. It's a gift to be shared as we tell others the good news of God's kingdom. Those who are blinded by the world's light as we invite friends, neighbours and colleagues to meet on an alpha course, the king who swapped his wholeness for our brokenness. And by showing love and care practically to those who are in need. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.